This episode of American Sex Podcast is brought to you by Maud. Maud offers body-safe modern sex essentials like lube, condoms, and vibrators at getmaud.com. Now, you know me. I do not endorse anything unless it's something I personally use and enjoy. And let me tell you, Maud has earned my seal of approval. Their products are well-made and gender-inclusive, and I am absolutely in love with their water-based organic lube and silky silicone vibrator. I'm going to tell you exactly why I dig them in the mid-break, but in the meantime, check them out at getmaud.com, G-E-T-M-A-U-D-E.com, and get 15% off with code SUNNY. This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. No. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoinberg and Sonny Megatron. Hi, Ken. Hi, Sonny. My love, my wife, my partner of life. You're so rhymey. All the timey. <laughs> I'm going to give you a stymie. I don't know. <laughs> stymie, isn't that a, that's a rhymey. There we go. Stymie and rhymey. Right. There you go. Very good. Yeah. And if I was in the UK, I'd be a limey. Oh, I don't know what that means, but. That's a reference to British sailors. They call them the, the originally, uh, the term came around because they would get, like, if you didn't have limes or lemons on board your ship, you would get scurvy. Right. I know about scurvy. So to prevent that, the British Navy would have limes on board. And so they were nicknamed limeys. Oh, that's cool. It's like a margarita. Only not. Only not. <laughs> Not at all. It's a not a Rita. But the sea is salty, so kind of. I don't know. My brain is tired, but your brain is more tired. It's way more tired. How was your week? Very good, very productive, but incredibly busy. Oh, mine was amazing. I'm actually thinking. That's because okay, I was so, gone for a week. <laughs> no, no, I got my CPAP machine, Ken, and I'm going to just make a like a long story short. It has been nothing short of miraculous. All of these problems that I thought were separate medical problems that I've had are turning out, I think, to be as a result of sleep apnea, and it's blowing my fucking mind. Like I are feel you be- so good. Are you becoming a CPAP zealot? I totally am. And what I think I'm going to do, because, Ken, 25% of the population has sleep apnea, and like up to 90% of them don't know it. I'm serious. And it can be deadly. And Carrie Fisher died from sleep apnea. That's what caused all her shit, by the way. It's on her death certificate. So Yeah, couldn't, it couldn't have been the do. cocaine or anything. It had to be the no. sleep apnea. Okay, just read the articles <laughs> I've been reading. Just, you know. So, listen, I think listen, what I'm going to do... Listen. No, because I'm talking about this on social media and people are like, holy fucking shit. Like, I cannot believe how many people are either like, I think I have sleep apnea or they do. So I think I'm going to do, 
I'm going to record like my own little like not podcast, but a little audio just telling about it and like put it on Patreon. But for everybody, like anybody can listen to it for free because I want to save lives. Damn it. I want to save lives. So, yeah, that's how my week's been. And guess what else happened this week, Ken? Well, you know, but American fuckers. Okay, here's what happened. Uh, I got a surprise in the mail to our P.O. box, and it was off of our Amazon wish list. We have an Amazon wish list for the podcast. and then there Which, was this- by the way, it, that's amazing because I didn't even know the podcast had a wish list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your wife does lots of things you don't can, know about. Can I add yes. stuff to the wish list? Absolutely. I don't know. I have to figure out how to do Does it. Does it have sure. to be stuff for the podcast? Can it be like, I don't know, snacks? No, it's work-related. So it's podcast. Uh, snacks are work-related. work-related. No, you did know we have a wish list because our, our luggage scale for business traveling came from that wish list. I don't even and remember And our microphones that. came from that wish list. I don't, <laughs> I don't know any of that shit. I don't remember. <laughs> Anyway, the nice note that came included from this great listener was, Hi, Sonny and Ken. I stumbled upon your podcast while listening to Dan Savage. I listen and laugh daily during my one-hour commute to and from the hospital where I work as an ER nurse. Thank you for your work. Thank you so much. A, that was an awesome, super-duper surprise because it what it was was it's a ring light uh, cell phone holder for live streaming. And I did a live stream on Instagram the night I got it. I looked so good. I think this is going to make me live stream more, which is kind of cool. And, and thank you, by the way, for uh, the the person who donated this, because uh, anybody who's an ER nurse, having worked in the emergency room as uh, as an EMT myself in the past, I really, really appreciate nurses. So thank you for doing your job, because you're literally saving lives. Yep, absolutely. And if you're like Ken, and you're like, oh my God, I totally didn't even know you had a wish list, you can get to our wish list by going to bit.ly slash Sunny Ken Wishlist. And of course, I'll have that in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoin-Berg. And I'm Sunny Megatron, and I have had the most restful sleep of my life this week. And welcome to episode 57 of American Sex Podcast. And oh my God, you sound like a morning person. What the fuck? Um, okay. So Ken, I woke up today because I was like, I'm not going to set my alarm to see how, when I naturally wake up. I will get up at 830 this morning on my own. You've never done that. I don't know what's happening. I know. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, this week's guest, who I hope she also gets good sleep, is Bella Bathory. Bella Bathory is an XBiz award-winning adult film performer, activist, dominatrix, and femme daddy who has worked in almost every angle of the sex work industry. She is an avid scholar and brings sex worker, LGBTQIA, and POC equity into every piece of monetizable sex work and performance she creates. So in this episode, and all the time, Bella makes science sexy. And no kidding, she's actually studying infectious disease and knows a ton about HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. So during this episode, Bella explains the incredibly effective system adult performers use to minimize STI transmission on porn sets. She talks about what having an undetectable viral load really means, how to protect yourself, what PrEP is, and the new protocols for its short-term use, which I found super interesting. Um, and then we get into the damage that HIV stigma is doing in both the adult industry and in society at large. We even tell listeners what they should seek out in STI testing, where to get it low cost, how often, etc. This is a great episode. 
listen to every damn little second of it. But before we get down to it, it's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for the new members of our Patreon family. Thank you for joining our family this week, Ruta. If you'd like to support this show and join our growing Patreon family, head on over to patreon.com slash American Sex. By becoming a member, you'll get all our episodes early, bonus content, stories from our guests, and more. You know, another thing you can do to really, really help us is whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, hit the subscribe button. That's it. That way you'll never miss an episode. Plus, it helps us boost our ratings. And of course, we appreciate your reviews, too. And we kicked off a brand new giveaway today for the month of September. Castle Megastore has provided this month's prize, a Jimmy Jane Love Pod Tray. Now, now listen, y'all know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you do know how much I love my Jimmy Jane form two. It's your okay, favorite. This, yeah, this is like a Jimmy Jane form two on overdrive. It doesn't have two. It has three. It's amazing. That's really fucking incredible to be honest. So if you're actually going to enter one contest, make it be this one, you guys to enter, yeah. go to sunnymegatron.com slash tray. And that's spelled T R E. And you also get 20% off select items at Castle Megastore when you use the code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Something real cool is happening this week. I want you to join me for a live stream this Thursday, September 6th. And I got my cool new ring light, so I'm going to be very well lit. It's going to be amazing. And this live stream, I'm going to review the hottest new wand toys and give you the scoop on which one you should consider. Peepshowtoys.com graciously provided me with the cordless original magic wand, the Lawan Petite, the BMS Palm Power Recharge, and the Sola Sync. So, oh God, this was so fun. Again, that's Thursday 9-6 at about 9 p.m. Central. I'll broadcast on both Facebook Live on my Facebook.com slash Sunny Megatron page and on Instagram where my handle is just Sunny Megatron. Hope to see you there. And without further ado, here is one of our best friends, the Barbie Daddy, a most amazing human being and somebody who has done so much for everybody that I know, both in Chicago and L.A., Miss Bella Bathory. Super excited because usually I say, on the line, we have Bella Bathory. Well, we don't always have Bella Bathory, but we do. <laughs> but it's just, it's the Bella Bathory show every week. Um, but... Okay, so those listeners know Ken is in LA and I'm in Chicago, so we're calling into each other and Bella's with Ken, so this is pretty cool. Yeah. And I am so thankful that it's Bella that's here right now because we are literally in a secret location in Los Angeles on a porn set on the porn bed and to invite a young lady over here and say, please come with me in this enclosed room to do a podcast on a porn set on a bed in this room, like... I've known Bella for years, and it's a very comfortable situation, but thank goodness it's her, not somebody else. Yeah, so basically what Ken's saying is that he's grateful I'm trashy enough that like, yes, I'm not put off God. by sitting on a bed that probably has a bunch of cum on it. And I'm oh, like, this thing is like a Jackson Pollock painting. There's oh, no doubt about it. Do not put a blacklight on in here. <laughs> so, Bella, we love you. We've known you for years. You used to be a Chicagoan with us. And, yes. and now so I'm still a Chicagoan. I'm still a Chicagoan. Do Always not, a Chicagoan. Always. 
<laughs> yeah. You're not physically there now. You're in LA and there's so many awesome things we can talk to you about. But there's one thing that I want to start with that came up this week. Um, I got some emails and notices on Twitter that in the porn community that there was a moratorium on shooting because somebody in the database, and you're going to explain all this, like how it works, came up as HIV positive. So before we get to like dissecting that, can you explain how the testing regimen works for people in the adult industry and kind of what's this all about? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, the porn industry is amazing. Um, One of the things that they really know is what to do with their bodies. And we have scientists and we've researched studies and we have several doctors at two testing facilities. And we came up with a system called PASS, which is um, the Performer Advocacy Screening Screening System. And this is put on by the Free Speech Coalition, which is essentially the trade association of the adult industry. And um, so essentially how porn sets work is you show up to set and you have two options. You can do a condom shoot or you can do a PASS shoot. Um if you do pass, it's usually not with condoms and you can do both. Um, we really push for the performer doing whatever it is they want to do with their body. And how the pass screening system works is it's um, a little app that you log into and you can either get tested at talent testing services or at cutting edge testing. There are two different facilities and they report your results into a database and you get three boxes. And I think it's like seven day, 14 day and 30 days. And you have little boxes and you either have a green check mark for good to go or you have a red X for not great. Um, so that's either if you let your tests lapse or you popped for something. But it's really great because it's anonymous. You can like look up Bella Bathory, see if I've tested and it'll tell you how many days ago exactly I was tested um, and whether I was passing the check system. Um so what happens this this week and what's happened a few times before is that if a performer tests positive for something, particularly HIV, I believe also hepatitis C, they put a moratorium on. And the 14-day testing system is put in place because of HIV, in fact, how the seroconversion works. So they have it timed where if you get tested on day one, you should be able to test again before a seroconversion is complete. And okay. um, so two out of the three last diagnoses of of this in the industry that I've seen, um, they were able to catch the conversion within seven days of the person transmitting. So okay. it is super, super, super efficient. Like it works every single time. Um, and so you as a performer, when you show up to a shoot, have the right to ask another performer to see that. Um, you don't have to go in and just like hope that your agent checked. You don't have to hope that the studio checked. You have the right as a performer to go ask like, hey, let me see your past results. Um, and you get to make that decision whether or not you want to shoot for them. Does that make sense? Do you have any questions? I know that was a lot of information. It's a lot of information, but I think, I think it, like, I, I understand the process, but I think our listeners, I think, followed. Like, it's pretty, pretty succinct. So basically, you're going to shoot porn. You go every, was it every 14 days? Every 14 days um, is the standard. To get, to get tested. And there's a central database that basically has the results. And if someone comes up with something like HIV or hepatitis, then everybody stops shooting. Until what? So the first thing that they do is, um, so they start with the initial test. And if that comes up where something looks positive, they do a second round of testing just to be sure so that there's no false positives and they're not like 
you know, freaking someone out and ruining a life for no reason. So mm-hmm. they do the first round of testing. If something pops positive, they do a retest. If that retest comes back positive, they let the performer know, and then they start looking at generations. And they start with every person that that performer has performed with in the past 60 days. Um, so anyone that they had performed with directly. And so, I mean, depending on who you are, people are shooting like three, four times a week. If you're a performer that does gangbangs, like that is a lot of humans. So you can think like if you're fucking every day for work, say three days a week, you know, it could be upwards of like 50 fucking performers in a first generation, depending on what kind of performer you are. Um, right. I, I know a lot of the work that I do is gangbang stuff. So like one of the last sets I was on, there were nine people that I was fucking. Um, so they have to do a first generation retest. So they bring everyone in that you've had sex with in the past 60 days and they do a full panel test on them and they wait for the results of those full panel tests to come back. Um, since 2004, there has not been a single onset di- um, HIV transmission um, in the state of California using the PASS system. There was one HIV transmission that I believe was in like Florida. Yeah. And Miami, um, I think. was it Miami um, in 2014? But they were not using the PASS system. They didn't use the laws that we have underneath Cal OSHA. Um, but that since 2004 has been the absolute only transmission of HIV on a porn set. And I just like really want to nail this into people's heads because there's this horrible rhetoric in the mainstream that like people in the sex industry are diseased and that, you know, that we are at higher risk for catching things and that we are just like cesspools. And you could learn so much from the adult industry with how we take care of our bodies. This is how we make our money and we take great care of them with scientific thought. So I have a question um, to our listeners, American fuckers. You have heard a number of porn people that are on our show, and you might be saying to yourself, my God, everybody in porn is smart. Well, first of all, that's not true. Not everybody in porn <laughs> is smart. But Bella in particular is very intelligent, and she has more than just credentials as a performer with her background in this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, 100%. So um, I fell into my school path with doing service work in the leather community. Um, I worked with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and I started doing HIV tests and safe sex packets, and I absolutely fell in love with infectious disease and gay men's health. So I am about to finish up a bachelor's of biological sciences, and I've been doing work with HIV and gay men's health and addiction studies for the past eight years. Everything from testing to diagnosing to counseling. Um, I worked underneath an ID doctor. I did an internship with him earlier this year. Where I got to do a Merck study. Um, so this is a thing that I'm super invested in and super passionate about and very knowledgeable about. Yeah, very, very knowledgeable. And it's interesting that a lot of the lay people have some negative stereotypes about people in the adult industry. But what really surprises me is the homophobia and transphobia that is coming around from people. In and I'm, and I'm not going to name names. Kelly triple X. I'm sorry. Did I, I coughed a little something out there? Um, <laughs> but uh, consistently coming up with absolute drudge nonsense 
in nincompoop about um, statistics from the CDC, which are read incorrectly. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, can you can you actually read what it says? In you know, and they're not though. It's just it's opinionated. And the the shitty thing about the internet is that it has tons of things on it. Right, there are all of these articles, and it'll say the word science, but there's no scientific fact. And if you can use the internet, you can find a dumbass article to support whatever you're saying, whether you're a fucking Trump supporter or a really homophobic HIV shamer. You know, like yeah. you're gonna find supporting articles, and that's the garbage thing about the internet is that like people who aren't intelligent don't know how to weed through and find out what is factual and what is opinions Mm -hmm. so what what are people in the the adult industry saying about this situation like what are some of the the myths or misnomers that people are throwing around you know this is an ongoing issue is there is blatant homophobia in the porn industry there are people i mean and the racism too you know people oh, yeah people that don't want to work um they want you interracial right like or they charge three times as more and then we go into the homophobia aspect of it and i know so many mainstream performers that won't work with a crossover performer and a crossover performer is someone who works in the gay bisexual or fetish and then goes into mainstream so there's this perception that like only gays, right, are at risk mm-hmm. for HIV. Mm-hmm. And if I don't fuck a crossover performer, I'm going to be just fine. And um, the thing is, is that if you look at the way that we have sex and the science that we used against Proposition 60, when we were like, no, we don't want to use condoms, we did a study on how long the average sexual intercourse was with a heterosexual couple. It is three to 13 minutes. Yep. On a porn set, 45 to 90. So if you are a normal cis het girl fucking on film, you are just as at risk for HIV as any fucking gay performer. Like you are not exempt from that risk. There is vaginal tearing. There's a lot of stretching that happens. Most women that I know in the porn industry also do anal and they think that they aren't as at risk for HIV as the gay community. And it's just, it's false. Absolutely. And I, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I know that, in a lot of heteromonogamous relationships, especially uh, where there is cheating going on, which there is a huge percentage of that occurring, they are about 12 times more likely to be infected with an STI. Now, I'm not trying to shame anybody with an STI by stating that. It's simply a fact that there are numbers that are attached to some of these things. And an STI is like any other medical condition like HPV, I think is a great example because HPV is a form of cancer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And it, would you like have any sort of negative connotations with somebody with like non Hodgkin's lymphoma? Right. No. no, but because it's with genitals, then it makes a difference. And you know what? I have partners that are HIV positive. I yeah. have partners that have seizure disorders. I have partners that have diabetes I've had that have had herpes that have like, had herpes. Yeah. You know? I have partners that have herpes simplex one and simplex right. two. And, you know what? All of that stuff simply makes me prepared to how, how to handle that partner and whether to use gloves and condoms on right. certain things. That's I, it. Um, That's the difference. It's really funny. One of my favorite um, media quotes in ABN is Susie was teaching a sex ed class and she was explaining something about safer sex and rimming. And they were like, well, how do you make sure that you protect yourself? And I, I'm quoted in ABN magazine as I fuck everyone like they have Ebola. And that's the way that, like... <laughs> so do you imagine them bleeding from their nipples and eyes? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's no, hot. Like, if they're, if they're, you really are. Ba- you got the bathroom part. <laughs> God, I love blood. Oh, man. Um, got distracted. Um, but no, I just... Especially if I'm fucking someone for the first time. And, you know, I'm a fucking whore. I like to meet girls on the internet. I like to fuck them. And I like to never see them again. I have done this with so many women. And I don't really want to get to know people all the time. Like, I don't... I hate the living... 
you know, like <laughs> I don't want to get to know. They're them. always better dead. They you are, know, much. <laughs> um, but if you're going to do that and you're going to have casual sex, you need to be responsible for protecting yourself. You can't shame other people and be like, oh, you look dirty and you have dirty habits. So I'm more at risk. You need to be proactive in protecting yourself all the fucking time. And whether that's using gloves, whether that's a dental dam, whether that's being on prep. Yep. You know, you are responsible for your own physical health. And if you take those precautions, you won't be at risk. Yeah. Can you explain what prep is? Absolutely. This is my favorite thing. And I can tell you guys a little bit what a, about what I'm working on through this segue. Um, okay. Prep is one half of an antiretroviral regimen that is used to treat people with HIV. And they started doing studies on Truvada and they found that it is a pre-exposure prophylactic, which means that if you are taking this on a regular basis, it will protect your body against contracting HIV. And according to the CDC and according to studies that we've been working on since 2008, there have been zero, 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 zero transmissions of HIV to a person who is negative when they are taking PrEP. Wow. Wow. And by the way, I know our audience is very smart, but those of you who don't know the word prophylactic, it doesn't mean condoms necessarily. It means barrier. Barrier. Yes. Right. And so what it does is um, it gets in to the cells that the HIV would get into and it just there's no room for it there. There's yep. no room for the receptors that are going to knock out your T cells. And it's just it's it's amazing. I just read a report that came back from the World AIDS Conference in Amsterdam a couple weeks ago and um they said that you can use it in situational settings. You don't have to be on it for an extended period of time. So say that you have an HIV positive partner that mm -hmm. you only see once in a while. You're going to go on a, like a week with them. You start taking the prep two days before and you take it two days after and then you can stop taking it when you're not doing That's the at risk awesome. activities. Whoa. And it's still 100% effective. So, okay, the prep just sounds like a, a miracle, like it is really too good to be true. So then my thoughts are, and I'm sure the audience is thinking the same thing, A, is it prohibitively expensive? And B, does it give you outrageous side effects? Um, this is, this is one of the issues. So it does have a crazy, insane fucking copay. Um, because Gilead hasn't released the patent on Truvada, the copay can be up to like $600. And Whoa. Gilead offers a copay card, but it only works for two and a half years. So if you want to protect your body for more than two and a half years and you don't have amazing insurance, you could be shelling out upwards of $300 a month to not get HIV. And that's a huge, huge barrier. That is. And Gilead just makes me think of A Handmaid's Tale. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> a Char a Charlotte Cross and I were talking about that yesterday. And we're like, uh, there's, we see why. Yeah, exactly. Um, so are, are there are there outrageous side effects to it as well? I mean, the worst thing that you're going to get is a little bit of nausea. It's really the side effects are minimal. Um, and they also just came out with a new drug called Discovy that they're using in HIV positive patients as an alternative to Truvada that causes less stomach irritation and it's easier on the liver. They use a di different delivery mechanism, but it's the same chemical formula. Mm -hmm. And um, so they've been using that on positive patients for about six years. And they are in, I think, phase two trials with FDA right now is using that as prep. So we'll have more than one option, which will also help lower the cost. Wow. So explain to me something, because I know a lot of people are getting really confused about people who are HIV positive, but have an undetectable viral load. 
What does that mean? And then what kind of protection should you take if you're that person or you're a partner of that person? Okay, so um, so there are two things that, you, that you're looking at when you're HIV positive. They look at your T cells, and then you're going to look at your viral load. Anyone with T cells below 300 is going to be in the AIDS range. And that's where that that word comes from. And the other thing that we measure as far as HIV health is the viral load. And that is how many copies of the virus are in one microliter of your blood. Um, so normal testing tests for 50 copies per microliter. So that's mm-hmm. what they test for. That's the standard for undetectable. But for cutting edge and talent testing, they do 20 copies per microliter. So the bar is set even lower. You can have less of the virus in your body and still be undetectable. So if a performer has an undetectable viral load, are they, you know, free to shoot? Like how does that? That's, that's the tricky thing, right? Is, um, they could go and take, a test under the pass system pass um, and they, they are able to shoot, but there's a lot of controversy around this, right? Um, there are people that are like, I want to know if I'm shooting with a positive person, but if there is not risk under California state law, you are not legally obligated to tell them. In other States, it's a little bit more wishy-washy. We had bill SB 237, 237 or 837 that abolished HIV criminalization in the state of California. We do not have that in other states. So it's, you know, it's, they can do that, but it also comes to like, if somebody were to out them, there's a huge risk of a media fallout, like the one that we saw a couple days ago. Right. So when you say abolished HIV criminalization, what exactly does that mean? Oh my goodness. They are these horribly archaic laws that came about in the late 1980s and early 90s when they only thought that people of color and gays got this virus. Mm -hmm. And they made it so in some states, I believe in Illinois, this is included, you actually have to get HIV tested before you're married. And they send the results to your partner. So you can't lie about it. But it is a felony in several states to sleep with someone and not disclose. Mm, Okay. And that would apply to people with undetectable loads as well. Exactly. And there are also places where this is an attempted murder charge. You know, and the thing about all of this is that it is so unfairly targeting both gay people and people of color. My little sister died of an of an immune disorder. It wasn't HIV or AIDS, but it's in the same like family. This is the same yeah, fucking thing. Humoral immune right. deficiency syndrome right. is that like my little sister had died of complications of that if and it's a kind of a confusing thing if you've ever seen if you're old like me and you saw the one of the very first John Travolta movies, The Boy in the Bubble. Oh yeah. That's yes, that's yes, what yes. my sister died of. She yeah. had, you know, all these immune problems. And nobody stigmatizes her because, no. you know, white privileged, well, you know, and, and, and it wasn't a sexual that, thing. It was a genetic thing. Right. And this is the thing is that like, there's so much shame and being gay and being a person of color that they believe that they're, this is a punishment for that. You know what I mean? Like there is shame around the disease because there is a shame around being gay or being a person of color. Like that's, that's the only reason. If this were a heterosexual disease, we wouldn't make that big of a deal about it. We joke about chlamydia. We shame people and charge them with attempted murder for HIV. And the only difference is that stigmatization. Yeah. I mean, chlamydia, I've said this before, is sort of like the Dane Cook of STIs. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was a clown segment once where there was a potential, uh, there was one of the partners of the people that had chlamydia. And we, we actually were joking. We called it clown-midia. 
love that so much. <laughs> um, I have a, a friend of mine that I'm not going to put their name into this because they probably kill me, but they're in the <laughs> industry and they were dating someone that they met on Tinder and the person got them sick and they were like, just remember this when I give you chlamydia. I took this cold from you. And it's the same thing. You know, like a virus is a virus is a virus. virus yeah. A bacterial infection is a bacterial infection is a bacterial infection. Whether that's um, fucking E. coli that you get from some nasty ass spinach or whether it's, you know, bacterial vaginosis. Like there should be no shame in that. There should be information and compassion so that people feel comfortable saying, hey, you know what, before we get into this, I've got the HIV or I'm struggling through a herpes outbreak right now. And if we took the shame out of it, people would feel so much more comfortable disclosing those things. Absolutely. So you alluded to the controversy that was going on on Twitter about uh, HIV and this new outbreak. (sighs) So what are people saying? What's going on right now? If we go on Twitter, what ship (sighs) heap are we going to fall into? Earlier, I told you about a new modern sex essentials company called Maud. Check them out at GetMaud.com and get 15% off with code SUNNY. Now, I've tested and reviewed hundreds of sex toys and have worked with and for some of the biggest names in the industry. In other words, it's really difficult to impress me with pleasure products. You know what I mean? So I got Maud Kit number 7. That includes a 10-pack of ultra-thin condoms, an 8-ounce jar of organic water-based lube, and a silicone vibrator. It blew me away. Maud's products are well-made, all FDA approved, and body safe. I've been using their organic water-based lube on the daily, and it doesn't gum up, dry out, or irritate me. Um, new favorite, their silicone vibrator is like a jackhammer. I also love Maud's aesthetic. None of that pink crap and obnoxious packaging. Maud is sleek, modern, simple, unisex, and comes in neutral colors. Visit them at getmaud.com and get 15% off using code SUNNY. Oh, and Maud, thank you for giving me, who's tried nearly everything, a different and refreshing sexy experience. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore, so that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you, listeners, get a gift, too, if you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing! Castle Megastore, when you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever goodness gracious there are people freaking out thinking that A, they're at risk, and B, it's a fucking witch hunt coming after well who is the performer who is the performer and this one terrible reporter that put her face in business that she didn't need to be bothered with again for the umpteenth time um and reached out and told a performer oh i'm so sorry to hear and the performer responded what what do you mean you're sorry she was like oh i heard you were first generation of shooting with the performer x oh my god so i get a call from this performer that's freaking out and she was like the fsc didn't contact me and and we went through the math and like she was not in the the 60 day period that they do the first gen test Mm -hmm. so what happened was this woman essentially went in to try and stir the pot and freak this performer out just be an asshole but in this process where she was trying to scare the performer, she also outed the the performer X who was diagnosed, which is 
the most despicable thing that you can do, regardless of whether this performer had contact with the positive performer. It was not that woman's business. We have the FSC. We have APAC. We have talent testing. We have cutting edge. There are eight other agencies and humans that would have reached out to this performer if she was at risk. And this woman was just doing it to stir some shit. And there was no reason to bring that performer's name into it. And so I called her out on Twitter. I was just like, you cannot be spewing the sensitive information. This is not helping the spread. And today, someone's life changed. A sex worker found out that they were positive. None of this is your business. And we should be treating with this with compassion and not just fucking fear mongering. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, her response was, if I knew for a fact that this is who that person was, I would out them a thousand times over hand on a Bible. And I was just like, this is this is fucking archaic. Is it like, and I looked around and I had to check a calendar. I was like, is it 1987? What the fuck is happening right now? So, so spell it out, (laughs) spell it out for me. Why is it a problem or what negative consequences can a performer who's being outed have if they're actually named? Um, Do you guys remember what happened to Charlie Sheen? His entire Mm. life was absolutely ruined. Um, it also puts them at a safety risk. I just took a class with SWAP, the Sex Workers Outreach Project. We did an HIV course and a whole section on this HIV risk um, testing compassion course was the correlation between domestic and physical violence and being HIV positive. Um, people who are positive do not they're at higher risk because if someone finds out they can out you and say that you lied and you didn't tell them about it you could go to jail um and people freak out and get violent um and it's also just the stigma of working in the industry like nobody needs we have medical record privacy for a reason mm-hmm. we have HIPAA laws for a reason um i've got like a whole slew of health issues and there's a reason why that is not public um, and with the stigma, you can lose your fucking job. It's still legal in some states to fire someone if they're positive. Wow. That is still on the that. books. Yes. Wow. Um, so it could ruin someone's life entirely. And it's just, it's not yours to tell. And when you do threaten to out people like this, it does not breed a habitat for being honest and open communication about STDs. It brings more fear and it brings more shame into it, which spreads that shit. Mm-hmm. So w- tell me more about the project that you're working on right now about HIV and stigma. Oh, my goodness. So after this debacle, the performer that I went to get tested with that Kelly scared the shit out of, um, we were like, what can we do about this so that this doesn't keep happening? And so Charlotte Cross, who is absolutely amazing. It's her birthday today. And we're going to date. Happy Buster. birthday. <laughs> birthday. Um, she sat down and she wrote this amazing eight page proposal on how we can combat HIV stigma and HIV in the adult industry. And so we are working on a two part video series, one part educational, one part hardcore, as well as a multi city day of direct education about HIV in cities where that adult performers are. Um, mm-hmm. Another facet of this project is we're trying to get a performer subsidy fund for prep, similar to like MindGeek gives us 10000 a month so that people can get tested if you're running low on funds. I would love to see a large porn company donate so that we have co-pays for anyone in the adult industry that wants to get on prep. Mm. So right now, to, in order to get tested in the past system, does the, mm-hmm. the complete cost of that come out of the performer's pocket every 14 days? 
It, it depends. And so if you've got an agency like Spiegler, he gets his girls tested every week and pays for yep. it. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of girls are working independently. And if you, if the studio's not paying for it, your agent's not pay, paying for it, it comes out of pocket and that's $150 every two weeks. Mm. And so the performer subsidy fund covers that because they, they want to encourage testing. And so what I'm trying to push for is encouraging prep. If people were on prep when they were, you know, having any kind of sexual contact, no one would be getting HIV. Like this is the drug that we have can, that can actually cure this virus. But because there's so much shame about it, people don't want to be on prep. Right. Um, a lot of people don't know about prep and then we have the cost. Um, so in doing this, that in yelling at people on the internet and in talks about how we can get into action, I was actually connected with a man named Jason Domino and the, Oh, he's amazing. Okay. So he has, um, he's an amazing sex educator. He's yeah. an amazing performer. So he works with a foundation called porn for prep and, uh, Charlotte and I have joined forces with him and he's trying to break the patent on the Gilead Truvada so that we can get a generic that for would it. Be amazing. Um, so that's, um, part of our long-term plan. So we've got like educational videos, a Cero discordant hardcore video that we want to do, HIV education and testing in a multi-city format, how to get access to prep in the meantime, and then long-term goals to break the patent on Gilead. So it's, we've been working hard this week. That's so, amazing. So one thing I want to add to everybody, and this is kind of a weird side note, HIPAA, which may, not everybody may be familiar with, is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. And it's basically um, something to privatize and secure electronic exchange of health information. There are currently police officers that are lying to people saying that if you take a video of me beating this person because they're bleeding and they need health care, that you're violating HIPAA. So if you ever have a cop that says to you that this is HIPAA, you know, unless the police officer is a form of medical insurance, maybe then he would do it. But if he's not medical insurance, he's a cop. (sighs) No, that's not HIPAA. So I just wanted to add that side note. Thank you. I fuck that, man. That's fucking horrible. All right, I have another question. So, yes. um, you were talking about the stigma that performers have. If you if you're a crossover performer, I don't want to work with you because oh, you're you know going to put me at risk, that sort of thing. I've yeah. heard the same sorts of sentiment um, from performers about other performers that do sex work outside of shooting porn. That's you know under the past system. Is this a valid concern, or is this a bunch of hoo ha too? Well, the thing is, is like, you've got to remember, this is true for every piece of sex work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're a dominatrix, you're going to understand how to clean your leather. You're going to understand how to wipe shit down. If you are a full service sex worker, you're going to know how to protect your body. If you're a stripper, you're going to be able to climb the fucking pole and wear stripper heels. One thing that I know about every person in the sex work industry is that they are a relative level of, of intelligence. Like no one is completely fucking stupid and they take care of their bodies because that's their money maker. And the only reason that I found that full service sex workers, and I'm, I'm saying privileged ones, right? Like I'm saying like upscale arrows, like not street based sex workers, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like for both of those tiers, the only barrier to health is accessibility. We are so spoiled in the porn industry with the way that we have testing available and the funds that we have. Most sex workers that work on the street and work in other facets do not have that. And that's one of the things that I'm working on with SWAP is trying to make that kind of sexual health and education and prep available to 
every person from a streetwalker. And by the way, there's one thing that I wanted to add to that in particular. And this is something that I, as a sex worker, do myself. If you're a military veteran, you can simply go to the VA if you qualify for VA insurance and request a full battery of STI testing. And it's free. It doesn't Mm. cost you anything. And you can get a printout and you can do the same thing that everybody else is doing, but you can do it for free and at any time. Yeah. And you can go to, you know, LGBT centers. You can walk, um, whether it's Halstead or WeHo and get HIV testing on the spot through several different services. I walked by and saw that WeHo. 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 (laughs) Ken and I are children. Um, but, most people that do street-based sex work or a lot of people that work off arrows that work, that live in like the Valley and they don't have the connection with other sex workers don't know that they have those resources available. And I believe that as a privileged white fucking cisgendered sex worker that has all of this information at my fingertips, it is my responsibility to share this with as many hoes as possible, you know? And I feel like, <laughs> If other sex workers that came from such a place of privilege were able to like be of service to their community, like one example is Jessica Drake. Oh, Jessica's yeah. amazing. Oh my Love goodness. Jess. Like Jessica is there for every lobbying. She is out there with us doing the AIDS walk. She is out there doing safe sex packets. Like this is our responsibility as a community. Like we are the leaders of fucking sexual health. Most people learn how to fuck by watching porn. They are watching us on the internet. And if we're not going to teach from a place of compassion and do things to better other women in the sex work industry, what the fuck are we teaching? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's pretend that I'm a listener and I am Judy from Nebraska and I've divorced once and I'm out there dating a couple guys on Plenty of Fish or whatever. Okay, Cupid. And one, why the hell should I care about this? And two, do I really need to get tested? I mean, I only have a few boyfriends here and there. What should I be doing? Well, Judy, <laughs> Judy from Nebraska, don't you know? That's not a Nebraska accent. No, it, it is now. It is now. Um, Barbie Daddy just made it. Though. Right. You should care about this because if, you know, performers or anyone keeps having sex a at the rate that we're having, we're getting fucking like medicine resistant gonorrhea. Our syphilis chlamydia rates are through the roof. And you know, people travel from LA to Nebraska all the time. So you should want us to take care of our bodies. First Mm. question. Um, Second question is you can never trust a man, Judy, you know, he's going (laughs) to say that he's fine. He might even say that he's a virgin and he was saving himself for you because the Lord said so. He is lying. He is absolutely lying. And, and as a man, I have to say that men are trash. And yes, we do lie. And I, I am no exception to that rule. I fuck up all the time. I admit it. And it is something that we simply need to relearn how to approach other humans and not think that we are above and beyond everybody else. And I have to jump in for those of you who are like, I don't lie. Well, think about this way. Sometimes some of us are mistaken because we haven't had the best education about STI production. And maybe you think you're fine, but maybe you're not for some reason. And that's true, right? Most people don't know that they need to get tested on a regular basis. And somebody might be walking around thinking that they're clean, which is something I hate in a vernacular. Why why do you hate it? Uh, because it implies that the other side of that is something wrong, that, that there's a dirty, you know, that there's an opposite of that. And it's not a clean or dirty. It's not like there's a bunch of like dust and mud in your blood system or in your genitals. It's just, it's a bacterial infection. 
And I want to I want to give a call out to our swinger brothers and six sisters, especially to start getting rid of those words, yes. saying that you're clean or dirty. You know what? Instead of saying you're clean or dirty, post your STI results. Yeah. That's something that's very easy yeah. to do. It lets people it's know what you have easy. and what you don't have. And yeah. then you know what? If you have something, that's okay. Then you can just reach out to somebody who is going to accommodate your particular need. Yes, and they have apps for that now, like the Los Angeles. They have an app for that. <laughs> yeah, there's a fucking, the LGBT center has an app yeah. that you can show your your results. And it's not about being dirty or clean. It's about having the information about what's going on with your body and what's going on with someone else's. But it's you can't rely on someone's sexual health knowledge. You can't rely on their honesty. And you can't rely on their education to keep your own body safe. You know, people might think that they're fine because they don't believe that they were at risk because they had they were in a heterosexual marriage. It was the only person that they had slept with, right? And then they go into this next relationship and they just assume that they're fine. Because if you haven't been tested, then you're clean, right? That's that's a huge part of the thought process in a lot of these situations. So you, it's it's fascinating to me that in 2018 we finally realized that to approach a hetero relationship for uh, was it Judy from Nebraska? Yeah, Judy from Nebraska. You have to you have to assume that you have a partner that's lying and has Ebola, right? In order exactly. to be safe. Yeah. So just assume in 2018 and Trump's god awful America that your partner is lying to you and Ka-ka-ka. fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> like they have Ebola, okay? That is, well, if you take nothing away from that, take that away. Judy from Nebraska thanks you, even <laughs> with the bad accent. Um, all right, so where can people then, I know that you're spearheading this uh, project to have, you know, video information given, and it's mainly targeted towards sex workers and people in the adult industry. Where can Judy from Nebraska go to learn about some safer sex practices or learn the things that I know she didn't learn in that Nebraska high school in biology class? Uh, there are so many, so many resources online. Um, I mean, the CDC website is pretty thorough. Like, I like to take the feelings out of it and just look at shit from a clinical perspective. Like, what is my actual risk for this? Um, other websites that you would suggest? You can also take classes at your local whatever like the east los angeles women's center has classes the la lgbt center has classes planned parenthood has plenty of information yes, as long as it's still pamphlets. legal in, in yeah. the united I mean, states it's still legal <laughs> in gilead's america <laughs> i would assume i would assume if you contacted like wherever you are locally nebraska whatever um if you contacted your local planned parenthood you contacted even like your ywca um centers yeah. any lgbt centers even if those aren't the places directly that are offering it they know who are and they can direct you to who in your town or who in the town right next door also um, you can always you can simply go to your primary care physician or if you have a urologist or anything along those lines but your physician uh, will always have information on where you can go what you're you know what you can do and how to do it yeah and i mean if you just want to get tested and you don't want to know what all the risks are and you just want a baseline to make sure that like you're good because you've never been tested before i i can't tell you how many people i've met since i moved to la that like have never been tested it's horrifying um so if you walk into a primary care provider and just get, say give me a full panel std test that will cover everything right right okay Nice. Thank you. Thank yes. you, Judy. Go out and get tested. Yes. Um, I also want to talk about some of the other things that you have got going on. So you're, you're an adult performer. You are a, a Barbie daddy. Tell me Barbie what a Barbie daddy, daddy is. <laughs> Define Barbie daddy for our listeners. 
Um, Barbie daddy, you know, we have the, the daddy little girl culture and the, the leather, the leather scene. We also see it trickling a lot into the heterosexual community. Every girl just wants to say daddy in bed. Right. Um, I'm definitely a girl who likes when other girls say daddy to me in bed. Um, and I look like a Barbie doll. So it's, it's pretty, it's self-explanatory. I, I have to admit when you came rolling up here, I was surprised that you didn't have a pink like Cadillac that oh, actually yeah. said Barbie a daddy on the side. Um, we're like, you getting, need to have that. Yeah. I'm, I, there's pink racing stripes that are happening on the Barbie daddy Mustang. <laughs> fret not. Uh, but the great thing about a Barbie daddy is like, she's not strict. Like I'm going to take you to the fair. I'm going to give you some acid and buy you some cute clothes and give you some accessories, but there's <laughs> not a ton of hard limits with a Barbie daddy. It's really cute, but you get beat often. Nice. I like that. <laughs> so you just made your code directorial debut. Tell me yes. about this. Oh, my goodness. So I, I've been working with Severe Sex Films for a while. And we um, love them. We love D Severe. I love D and Mike. And They're Mike. so good. Um, so I've been working with them for a while on doing just like various clips. And we, we've grown and built a really amazing relationship. Like I did uh, Perversion and Punishment, a bunch of those for them. I've done a lot of the kink schools. And earlier this year, it dropped at AVN my first feature. So it was um, their feature fetish showcase, and it was called Sadistic and Pink. Um, and so, it's awesome. of it, course, it was. Oh, that is so you. Everything was pink in the film. There is a ton of blood. Um, so if you want to check that out, there's lots of anal. There's a gangbang. There's lots of needles. A few Chicagoans are in it. Um, oh, that's awesome. Alexandra Sadista is oh, featured. Oh, I love her. Um, so that was the, the first big film that I made. And after I was able to direct that, I was like, Oh my God, this is like the porn I wanted to jerk off to, like men bleeding and like pink Louboutins. This is, this is it, you guys. So, <laughs> um, I came back to them and I was like, Hey, I have this idea and I want to do a porn about cults. Like, I just want to like jack off to the heaven's gate when they're, they're, they're fading out. And uh, Mike and D were like, fuck yes. Um, so we put together this insane masterpiece called Mindfucked, a cult classic. That's a spirituality porn journey that starts in a polygamous sex cult where a girl is 18 and gets raped by her, her new husband and her sister wife. And she checks out all of the different major cults that we've seen. Uh, Scientology, Heaven's Gate, we've got the Manson family. And then they end up in my Jane Mansfield fan club, which is actually a lesbian satanic orgy. That's amazing. <gasps> Oh, wow. Is this out yet? Yeah. Um, oh, no, it'll my be God. out okay. in late September. And one of the things okay, that I so wanted soon. soon. Yeah, the cover's out. The cover's amazing. One of the things that I wanted to do with this was make this as inclusive as possible. Again, like the porn that I want to jerk off to. And I got to get Kira Noir, a Spiegler girl who I'm fucking obsessed Fuck with, yes. as one of the headliners. And it was so cool because I got to pay too. a fucking like queer POC the most money. Yeah. Like I, we nice. gave her the most money. We had BBWs. We had a bunch of women of color. It was just like, Every spectrum and every kind of sex that you could have, like gay women sex, gay male sex, orgies, like femdom. It was it was everything in one film. It was really awesome. Damn. That's awesome. And we're oh, actually going to have a link to uh, the information about that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'll send you guys um, the the cover of it also because it's fucking amazing. Oh, amazing. Yay. Yes. Yeah. One thing that's interesting, and you, you touched on this when you were talking about the, the film, is like your bio says that you bring sex worker, LGBT, TQIA and POC, which is person of color equity mm -hmm. into every piece of monetizable sex work and performance that you create. A, that's fucking awesome. B, can you explain a little bit, uh, you know, exactly how you do that and why you do that? 
A hundred percent. Like, uh, again, I am a really, really, really privileged fucking sex worker. I am five foot 11. I am bleach blonde. I look like a Barbie doll. People, I'm, I'm very accessible and digestible. So I get to go through a lot of doors that aren't open for other people. And the same thing with teaching the sexual education. I feel like it's our job as privileged performers to open the door for other performers, not because they need a hand up, but because that door would never be open for them if we didn't fucking hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a show at Bar Sinister and I'm going into my fi- fifth year with it called Femdom Fatale that has performers of every different walk of, of sex work, whether it's stripper, whether they are street walkers, whether they are upscale call girls, whether they are a domina, but it's all sex workers in the show. And we make sure that we have like a variation. It was amazing because this year in April, we got to be the closing ceremony of the Transgender Erotic Awards. Oh, that's all. And this is the only year I've missed TEA. I am so bummed. So we did, um, it was our annual Alice in Wonderland party, a tea party, get it? A tea party. And we got to have the tea, everyone from the tea party came to the show and we got to have trans performers on the bar sinister stage. That's incredible. You know, and it's, we get to build this experience where normally like, you know, a, a trans woman wouldn't walk into Bar Sinister and instantly be like, oh, this is the place for me. A person of color would normally walk into Bar Sinister and be like, oh, this is a place for me. But creating a sexual fucking environment that everyone is welcome in, like, that is the most important thing for me. Because there have been so many times where I walked into a space and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I, I couldn't bring this person here. You know, like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not inclusive. And so it's really important to me to build that everywhere I fucking go. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes. You're awesome. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Oh, I we're also, having like a love fest. We're like, well, you're awesome. I know, it's you're so awesome. I'm also going to just awesome. like, I'm going to, I'm going to gush a little bit. Cause I've known, I think we said that we've known each other for some time. I think like going on 10 years back yeah, when I was at like least. A, a manager at Taboo Taboo and you yep. guys were coming in and doing classes. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like way back in the, Last before I started, the past. yeah, before I started doming when I was just like a chunky pale thing with dark hair. Um, but Ken and Sonny introduced me to clown fetish, which is a huge Aww. part of my sexuality. And they were also the one that taught me, and many girls who have played with me will love this, human operation. Oh, <gasps> do you really? Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, my God. I actually, one of so my happy. submissives, like, drew, like, the Adam's apple and, like, the butterfly. Oh, and I have awesome. them laminated is how much <gasps> I fucking love oh my this. Goodness. So I just so for those, to, like, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> and for those listening, you're like, what the hell is human operation? Um, um, it's it's with if you're familiar with violet wands, you use electric violet wands to make little like kidneys and little organs and you put it on the people and you take it off with a tweezer. And since everything is electrified, it's human operation. So yeah, you're using a body contact piece with a neon wand or a violet wand electrifying the whole body. It's amazing. It's so much fun. And then you get the pieces off and you either try not to get them or try to try to, to get try them. to get them. A little of yeah. both. Yeah. It depends on who it is and how much you want them to jump. Yes, exactly. Which is, for me, like, always, all the time, the most. A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's love fest time. So, all right. Tell me, what is on the horizon for you? So, you did your, your directorial uh, debut. So, are you going to do more of that? Like, what's it like actually directing a porn like is it some serious business or is it just like you go fuck you moan <sighs> like it's it's serious business and d severe has the best fucking analogy for it she was like directing and producing is trying to get a litter of 10 puppies into a box it's like you That's get two puppies really into analogy. a box and a puppy crawls out there are just like so many moving pieces but to be able to like 
get all of those moving pieces and put them together into a machine that works, it was like the most amazing thing I've ever done. Wow. Um, yeah, I took a year off school last year to just like travel and work on some projects like this and really invest in my adult industry career because, you know, not getting any younger. And um, so I really wanted to make a lot of smut this year. And we'll see how this does. Like if I make like a ton of money off of it, I would love to do another one. Um, but that's that's the biggest barrier is like the financial resources. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is next. Like, I just want to finish this bachelor's, um, go to graduate school, hmm. uh, break the patent on Gilead and HIV stigma. Fuck all the women, you know, <laughs> what we're all trying to I, do. I, I mean, what else do you need? Right. I think you have it all right there. Yeah. <laughs> so then what's next in your other career? Will we, will we eventually see, you know, Dr. Bathory? What are you planning on doing, um, with your oh. academics? Um, yeah, I hopefully, hopefully soon, if I can live through that, I'm actually in a space where I'm in a toss up between do I want to do the four years of medical school, the residency, you know, the other extra t- additional two years of school to be an infectious disease specialist, or if I want to go into a physician's assistant program, which is much quicker. Um, and PAs then, are awesome. PAs are awesome. And I also like, I already have so many goddamn certificates right now about like HIV education and testing and like uh, so many certifications I've gotten through working at the hospital that I work at that I feel like I could make just as great of an impact with a PA and have more time. Um, I'm also in a space where I've been really baby crazy lately and it's really hard to like go to medical school and like, have a child. So I'm thinking about actually doing just physician's assistant school, having a baby and then taking the baby with me to do HIV testing on midnight strolls. That's awesome. Aww. (laughs) That's pretty cute. I would like that. I would like to see that. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So right now, tell us where people can find you. I know we're going to have the link to your movie in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com and everything you tell us, we're going to have the links for as well, but give us, give us the goods. Awesome. So you can find uh, more information about me personally, book an in-person session, uh, see some of my photos, get to know me a little bit better at mistressbellabathory.com. You can buy my clips and my photo sets at barbiedaddy.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at the Bella Bathory, Instagram, Mistress Bella Bathory, and um, on porn sites all across the internet. You know, Yay. like a blonde femdom, blonde pegging, blonde girl, girl, I'll probably pop up. Nice. Nice. Thank you so much. It's nice Thank to talk to you because we don't get to see you so much because you're all the way over there, but you're with Ken. So he gets to yeah. see Yeah. He gets to see I do. In fact, right now we're going to take a selfie really quick. Oh, Hang on one second. oh, take a selfie and send it to me and I'll put it in the show notes. How my tits look? Wait, how my beard look? Okay. Your, your tits and my beard. Tits and beard. Angle it up so you don't have eight chins. I, I have a gigantic beard. I have no chins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a chin, no matter how many chins I actually... That's why I have this big-ass Santa Claus beard, by the way. I could look like a turtle. Well, we'll put this picture in the show notes, and thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Bye. Bye, husband. Bye, Bella. Bye. Bye. Wait, these pictures are awful. Are they truly? (laughs) Here, you're the director. You should be doing the shit. I'm a producer. I'm not a camera person. In the show notes, maybe there won't be a picture because Ken can't get it together. There's gonna be one. I'm a professional selfie taker. It's um, and I am not. Okay, good. It's on. Bye. 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 Oh shit. Uh, Are you okay? Yes. Okay. Bye.
Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.